I'd like to start with a prayer myself. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the times that we've had this uh, day with all the people that have spoken and the worship music and the dinner and uh, the supper and uh, everything in between. Lord, we thank you that you have such a wonderful giving heart. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the words that were specially spoken by each of the speakers that they have been embedded deep into my spirit and we thank you that uh, what I have to share uh, will also be something that's going to be embedded in the hearts of the people here so we, we thank you for that and ask you for it in Jesus name Amen, Amen. Amen. well um, you know that Pastor Dan was supposed to speak tonight and he's not here because he is in the the hospital, right? Everybody knows about it, or don't you know about it? Everybody knows about it? Okay. Um, pull it up. And uh, I was just thinking about <clears throat> the times that I've known Pastor Dan for, what, 30 years? And uh, I was his associate pastor back when he started Communion of Saints Church. <clears throat> and uh, it's ironic that I'm filling in for him now. <laughs> <laughs> Although I know he would rather be here, that's for sure. And I know you would rather listen to him than to me. <laughs> but I, I, I just got... Uh, some things I want to share with you. you know, when when I was an associate pastor, uh, there's a lot of things I'm thinking about now that I, you know, I, I've gone through my notes and I've, I've recrossed recrossed them out several times because everybody has shared everything that I wanted to share. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Myrna and I have been busy in Jerusalem. That's the place where we were at the time. Uh, when I was teaching, for the first year I was teaching in public schools and it was in uh, Mellon, Wisconsin. And uh, the Lord uh, directed us to be involved with the, the Lutheran church. That was the only church in town besides the Catholic, I think. And uh, I didn't want to go there because <laughs> I, I was raised Lutheran. And so <clears throat> we, it was a Missouri Synod. And of course, they were pretty strict. And, uh, but we were youth directors of the church. And uh, besides my teaching job. And, uh, but when it kind of came to graduation time, uh, the pastor said I could, I, we couldn't pray as a group for for the people, and that kind of shocked me. So uh, we decided that uh, we would, wouldn't be part of that church anymore. But uh, in a way, uh, we went to uh, Stillwater, Minnesota, for after two years, and uh, I was t a teacher there for another 17 years. And in that time, uh, there was. Uh, we still were involved in a Lutheran church in Stillwater, <clears throat> and uh, we were still working with uh, the youth and so on. But uh, when I when I was teaching and uh, taught in the junior high the last eight years or something like that, uh, there was a, a period of time where I was. Uh, I think I had five or six classes a day. And uh, each class was uh, 25 students. And uh, so there was 125 kids. And uh, we just got, I guess, got to know their names. And then they, the classes would switch. And I had a whole new group for another nine weeks. And uh, this went on all year long. And I thought to myself, I'm not making any headways with these kids, you know. And uh, so I was very frustrated in that. And, 
It was 1980 when I decided that I was going to quit the public school and go to Bible school. So I had four or five years of education, uh, and then I decided I wanted to go to Bible school. I went to, for two more years, and uh, when we came back, uh, there, was, there was a long story, I'm making it shorter than it really is, <laughs> that the <clears throat> Pastor Dan and Claudia stayed in our, our house that we had in River Falls, and we left. And Dan was directed to the, the area to start a church, and so that's how it's, we got started out of our the house that we were renting. And so uh, we went down to Dallas, Texas, to uh, Christ for the Nations, and that's that's where I, I got my training in in Bible schools. It was a, it was a good training. But, you know, there's certain things that were stuck out to me that I wanted to mention to you that we were obedient to, to do what the Lord asked us to do when we found out what he wanted us to do. <laughs> and that, that takes some doing <laughs> sometimes. You have to be real close to listen to, 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 to the Lord to listen to him. But... There was a, one thing that stuck out in my mind when I when we went down there. You know, I I knew I had to work and go to Bible school in the morning and work in the afternoon, and uh, so there was one uh, two things I was looking at. One was my wife was going to teach in a in a Christian school, and uh, uh, <clears throat> I was thinking about uh, doing uh, carpentry work. But when we arrived in Dallas, Texas, the temperature was 113 degrees. <laughs> and it was that way for uh, the whole week. And uh, so I, I made a list of, of the, the things that would, would bother me when I was out doing roofs and so on, and that would be the heat. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> the other thing was, in my wife's Christian school, uh, the administrator asked if I wanted a job as a janitor, and uh, so I had we went back to Myrna and we prayed about this. And I, I listed the uh, do's and don'ts of janitoring in, in, in an air-conditioned building, <laughs> and the do's and don'ts of the other job. And I decided that I would go back and tell the principal or the administrator that I would be his janitor for two years. And uh, so uh, that's what I did. And it was a, a very interesting time. I had to clean up a lot of different messes and so on. But uh, there was one thing that uh, was really beneficial to me, and that is that both the principal's father and the principal himself uh, told me uh, that Christian schools was a... a a good thing, and uh, the principal t t took me around to all the conventions because he was in the uh, the chairman or the something or other of the administration of all the Christian schools in Texas, and so I, I went around with him to the various conventions, and so that's how I got indoctrinated into <laughs> Christian schools. <laughs> so. Uh, and I just wanted to share with you that that's how the Lord leads you. You know, that's, if you're open to do what he asks you to do yeah. and yeah. you are yeah. obedient to, to do it, you know, it's, it's a good thing because he, he will bless you in every way, way possible. Amen. And, Roger, uh, you forgot to tell about what happened with the tuition. Oh, yes. Because that was a great blessing. The tuition, when we got to... The first day I came to work, and he said, well, by the way, Rogers, um, uh, I'm going to give you your kids free tuition at the school. And none of the teachers ever got, she never was offered the job of having, she was offered a job, but she wasn't offered this opportunity to have free tuition. So that was another benefit. So, so. When I, we decided that uh, 
uh, we go back to River Falls after two years, and uh, they wanted the, the, the some of the people in the church wanted us to start a Christian school, and uh, we decided that uh, we didn't know what to do, so we went up north to a discipleship camp and we worked there for a month or so. And uh, we were praying all the time about the, th the kind of steps that we should take to start this Christian school if we were going to start it. And uh, the Lord just told us to put your hands to the plow and don't look back. Amen. And that's, right. that's, that's all the things that, that we needed for, to do it. So we, we went back to River Falls and we, we told Pastor Dan about it and he, he said that, uh, that that's what we should do then, start the school, and so that's what we did. And so it was, a, it was a long process, but the one thing I wanted to share with you is that the parents of the, the, the kids that are, were in our school were very uh, faith obedient, too, because they had to uh, make a decision that they weren't, weren't going to send their kids to a Christian, I mean, to a public school, but they were going to send it to a Christian school, and the buses were already rounding up the kids for going to the public school, and so the, the kids weren't going to be on the buses because they aren't going to go there, and we didn't even have a building yet, so we, we prayed through all that and got all that, but we, uh, in fact, we uh, started the Christian school in a in a Assembly God Church basement. <laughs> And uh, and then from there we, after two years we uh, went out. We went uh, out to the land that the church now has. I think it was like nine acres or thirteen acres or something like that. Yeah. Ten acres? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere's in there between nine and thirteen. <laughs> Do I hear fifteen? <laughs> Uh, so, um, one thing I th thought I think would be very interesting for us to, to share with you is that we had 13 kids in this Christian school in the first year, and we we knew that the, the, the kids would have to to prophesy. I mean, we offered them the opportunity to prophesy. Okay, so one day Pastor Dan brought this man in. To visit, to visit this Christian school. And this man uh, <clears throat> walked in the door and our kids were, in, were, were having worship with the kids. And just as the guy walked in the door, the kids started to prophesy. Uh, and they said, uh, you, you went north, but you were supposed to go south. And then uh, it... I don't even remember the exact words, but they had only uh, parts of sentences, but the next kid would take the next part of the sentence, and so on down the line. And when they were all finished, the guy fell on his knees, and he started crying because he went to Alaska, and he, he just about drowned because he, he walked across the lake one time with his wife, and they, they fell through the ice. And, uh, and I don't know, they had a lot of other things happen to him, and so... Uh, he knew that he was supposed to go to Africa, but he went to Alaska. And so the, the kids nailed it right down the line. And we thought that was pretty interesting, <laughs> that the Lord would speak that to the children. So anyway, um, we... Uh, I'll see if I can find a spot here where I can talk to you about it. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh, anyway, we had uh, ten years uh, at that that Christian school. In that ten years time, uh, some of the people that are in this audience are uh, members of the the staff of, of that Christian school. Both Pastor John and his wife. Uh, he she was a teacher, right? And John was. Teacher, principal, janitor. Okay. Some of the graduates are here. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Kathy was a secretary and a counselor. And uh, 
Let's see, some of the kids. He, those two are right there, back there. They're graduates of Christian, good Christian, Christian Academy. So there was a lot of uh, a good that happened during that, those 10 years, I'd have to say that. But um, one day, there was a man that came to our um, church. His name is David Esla, and some of you know him. And he uh, spoke about going to Russia. And uh, he said that you could teach Bible in the public schools in, in, in Russia. And boy, my, my ears perked up. And I found out later that uh, Dave said that when he said that, he said he saw both Myrna and I plastered against the back wall like this. And... <laughs> and uh, Anyway, we, we went with the tour to go to Russia uh, with several pastors and uh, David Esla. And uh, we toured uh, Moscow and St. Petersburg. And then we went over to the neighboring country, which is called Belarus, and uh, uh, toured the, the city of Minsk. And at the evening time, we went to a hospital for Chernobyl victims, and they were children's hospital. And every child in that hospital was had their head shaved. And uh, they were very sick, of course, because they were victims of the Chernobyl incident that happened in, in, in uh, the Ukraine, and, and it went over Belarus and over, to, over Russia. And... Uh, so it was very exciting to pray for these kids because we, we could tell that the Lord was going to heal them. And then the staff, the, the, the doctors and the nurses all asked us to pray for them. So we prayed for them. And we went out to the bus. And I was sitting there from waiting for the rest of the guys to come on the bus. And the Lord spoke to me. <laughs> you know, when the Lord speaks to you in, a, in an audible voice, you know that there's something going on. <laughs> so uh, the Lord said, I want you to move to Minsk. And I want you to start a church because there are people wandering around like sheep that are without a shepherd. And so I, I was crying about that time when after he got done talking to me. And I went to Cern Myrna and I asked her if... And she said, you don't have to say nothing because the Lord spoke to me too. <laughs> and so we, we went back home and we told our pastor, Dan, that, that that's what the Lord called us to do. And he said, great. That pastor Dan was very cooperative with every decision that we made. He said that they would pray for us and that they would send us away and that they would uh, su su support us with a gift of money each month. And uh, so uh, that's what we did. And so the the idea is that Myrna and I were going to go to a Russian-speaking country and we knew nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I want to tell you that if you are asked to do something from the Lord and you don't want to do it, or if you don't know if you can do it, the Lord... <clears throat> can really work around that anyway. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, just to give you an example, in River Falls, Wisconsin, there was a couple that were, that was written up in the paper that they were a, a mother and a daughter that were from Minsk, Belarus, and that they were attending the university. So Myrna and I decided, well, let's, let's invite them over to, 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 dinner, to dinner and we'll get to know about this, this place called Minsk, you know. <laughs> and so that's what we did. And uh, they said, well, sure, we, we, can, we can help you get, find an apartment and uh, we, we can even find a place for you to have a church. And so that was good. Good. So we, uh, uh, we contacted the people back in Russia that were uh, went with us on a tour that could uh, 
translate for me, and I, I would, made a trip, special trip over to Russia or to Belarus, and uh, we went through this apartment building and saw the lady that was a mother of this, uh, no, the grandmother of this daughter, and uh, she, she, she showed us where we could rent an apartment, and the next day we went to this school, gymnasium, called them a gymnasia, gymnasia, gymnasia. And uh, we talked to this principal, and she said, "I, I, was, I was." The principal said, "I'm, I was thinking about opening up the school to, to something like this, so she should let us start the church there." <laughs> and so it, it just worked out real good, and I, I still didn't speak Russian, you know. <laughs> The only thing that we could do was uh, I spoke uh, a little bit uh, like Don and Knit <laughs> and a few things like that. But uh, we learned the alphabet and we had uh, translators. Oh, the translators. The, 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 some of the translators were really terrible uh, and they weren't Christians. And uh, one guy... No, one woman that we had, she, she, she would say what I was saying in Russian, but then she would add her own little ditty with it, you know. And so it turned out that, that she was contradicting whatever I would say. So, But we got through all that. And we, I, I do remember the, the one, one uh, fellow by the name of Sal that was uh, a good translator. And... Uh, I was singing in the spirit one day, and uh, Sal said, you know, uh, I can interpret that for you. So I said, go ahead. So he, he interpreted and sung it in Russian, what uh, I was singing in English, but I, I didn't understand the Russian, but, and I didn't understand English either, <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> But it was good, whatever it was. Cause, uh, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I'm going to have Myrna come up and talk to you a little bit about uh, what, what's going on since then. Thanks, sweetie. <laughs> it was an interesting, interesting time. I think that we just want to say that, you know, really when, when God does lay it out for us, that probably was easier than starting the Christian school here. Yeah, it was. It was easier than some other ministries we've done here. And Pastor Karen came that very fall and took care of, you know, helped with the children. And God just was amazing. That's all we can say. We, what did we know? We, but we had to depend on him. <laughs> and, and when we did, he was, I mean, he's awesome. Yeah. And so through all these things, we kind of learned that <laughs> personally, that it isn't so much about us, is it? He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing, and he brought a lot. How many of you have been to Belarus? Uh-huh. It's wow. a number. And um, from there, uh, we spent uh, five years in Belarus, and in that time, Roger had five-way bypass surgery, and, uh, excuse me, they were all concerned that he was going to die because not many of them, excuse me, lived in Belarus after having that kind of thing. And, uh, but God brought us faithful people from the very beginning from a conference. It was a conference that David Essel ran. And um, it was at the Tractor Palace, and there were people who came there, and then we announced that the service would be beginning in that school uh, the following Sunday. And about 75 people came, and then 35 after that probably, and that pretty much stayed like that and then grew from there. And some of the people were here last year for the 25th anniversary, Pastor Pavel and Irina and Ernst and Luda. And Ernst and Luda were in that very, very first service. I mean, God, that was 1992. 1992. Uh, 20th anniversary, not 25th. Anyhow, oh no, 25th here. Back then, two years ago, now for the 20th anniversary of the church. And it is so amazing to see the fruit and sometimes Roger and I chuckle you need sometimes we we God knows how to match you so well with where you're going that you just don't need to be concerned about it I guess we're just way less concerned about those things now because he just he just did so well and we talked to Pastor Pavel 
bot every week on Skype, and it's Papa and Mama, and you know how are you, and all this. And it's just just an amazing relationship. And then to see all that they're doing, and what's really funny is that they, at their age, are pretty much like we were at ours with the youth work and a lot of the different things, and the, and the heart for missions. So sometimes you know it's a little scary because who you who you pastor, they end up looking a little like you. And Paul, he said, you know, to imitate, and and they do. And praise God, uh, we're at least able to see some really good fruit, and maybe there's some other things we don't know because we know we're not we know we're not perfect. But that time in Belarus was amazing, and from there we came back to the states. And um, again, what I guess well, Pastor John said we want to share about generations and transitions. And as we've started at this point now, we've we've turned over like five different ministries. Our role is pretty much to go in and. And start the thing and knock down whatever walls. Mostly, mostly parachurch ministry, not completely. But um, when when you do those kinds of things, you have to know when to turn it over. And I think that's important for us to be raising up people who can do what we do, so we can go on and do what else God has in mind. But mostly that we are training up people so they can fulfill their destiny. We can learn what our destiny is, but we need to to allow other people to fulfill their destiny. From there, we went to uh, Illinois, and we were involved in the church, started a Bible school for them. Uh, we, we also were involved with starting Christ for the Nations Belarus with that team. And uh, after we turned the church over to Pavel, we were allowed to work more with that. And so then uh, we started the school in, in Illinois as we prayed through that, and there were times when we thought that was a mistake. It was two of the hardest years of our life, but God was preparing us for other things, and we learned about revival. We lived in a church that was just coming into revival and saw people, I mean, those lives changed, our students' lives in the school there. They were amazing and still are. And then Dallas asked us to start the school in, in Poland. We prayed about that for about a year and a half because we were just back with family. We have grandkids and kids, four daughters and eight grandchildren, and uh, there's a cost. But it's always, you know, when you obey the Lord, and it's not because we have to obey, but because we know he loves us. And knowing our identity in the Lord is probably one of the most important things. And when we sang that song, I know how he loves us, he really, really does. It doesn't that we have to perform something. We can just receive and just go from there. And if we mess it up, he's well able, you know, to work around it. So um, when we were praying about whether to go to Poland or not, it was counting that cost again. But we ended up feeling that that's what he was saying. And um, we also, I, I wanted to share, you know, Roger, share a little bit how, how you're called, how you know when things are changing, how God speaks. And, you know, God speaks to each of us, I think, a little bit differently. Some things are the same, but there are certain things that are more characteristic of, of each of us. And for me, God speaks through, through dreams more often than, than my husband. And so like when Roger was going to go to Bible school, I just figured I'd be going to Bible school because I'd wanted to go when I graduated from high school and my dad didn't want me to. We were dating, and he said, no, you need to go to college. <laughs> so I didn't get to go. So when Roger was going to go to Bible school, I didn't even ask God. I just figured he knows the desire of my heart. And so one night I had this dream a few weeks before we were going to go and take a look at the school. And, and I had this dream, and in the, the dream I saw myself teaching small children again. And I had been tutoring a blind girl for a couple of years. And I was not in the classroom. And before that time, I taught um, more elementary, lower elementary. And in my dream, I saw myself teaching a little bit older kids. But I was very contented and happy. And I woke up, and the Lord said to me, I think it's after I woke up, he said, Honey, I don't want you to go to school. I want you to teach. And I started to cry. I, could, I just couldn't believe it. But like Raj said, when God talks to you so clearly, <laughs> you don't say no. Because he's compelling. I mean, you just, you just want to do what he wants you to do. So I said, yes, Lord. And as it turned out, we didn't know that we had Christian education ahead of us for all those years at that point. So he was preparing, as somebody else said today, he knows how to prepare us. And, and you take the steps one at a time. So anyway, um, when, we, when we went to Poland, it was a little different venture um, for us in starting the Bible school in a, in a predominantly, very predominantly Catholic um, community and a uh, Catholic church just down the hill from us and they said don't go to that cult up on the hill um, but the, the, the theme is to love and we never uh, we weren't able to make connection with that priest we, we there were times we tried so we just more mostly just we just never spoke against anything you know you just walk in love and we pray for them as we would uh, go by but God did establish that work we were there for five years uh, my husband had a stroke the first year that we were there in uh, in December, 
And um, by God's grace, um, you know, he recovered. He was back teaching within six weeks. Some of our children came over. Our family's been very, very supportive, and they've just done a marvelous job of raising their kids. (laughs) We're just really, really blessed by that. Anyway, um, through that time, there are all kinds of things that that God did, and you see your fruit, and you do things. In in Poland, we ran into a situation we never run into before. Uh, Just about the time we were going to leave, there was some uh, internet activity where they really lambasted, especially me, and and Roger and our ministry, and we'd never experienced all the stuff that was said was all lies. And even even still to this day, and that was in 2005 when we left there, there's still things. Every once in a while, it tries to crop up. So what do you do? Well, we just we never really did anything. We just prayed and we just did what we felt we could do. We just went on walking with the Lord. The the newer directors have have responded a little bit and said, we're, you know, we're just not going to put up with some of that. And God had dealt with one of the persons just this last year. So sometimes you just have to persevere. And this person repented, and um, I believe that God will will work it out. So even though you Count the cost. You know you're in the place where God said there's still difficulties sometimes. But the, the reward <laughs> is far greater, far greater than, than that. We came back in, in 2005, and, and um, we're in River Falls for a year, and then we had not had a home for 15 years. And so we looked, and the property was just too expensive, and Roger's major in, in, and his teaching was uh, industrial arts, and uh, he always had a woodworking business in the summertime. And so we just thought, well, the housing market was good, and we basically, you know, we're, we're 75 now, and so this was about eight years ago. We moved up north, and we, we built a home up there because the property values were, were good, and we just felt the leading of the Lord. Sometimes it's just a knowing inside. We didn't have a direct word on that one. Sometimes you just know that, you know, like when Karen came, she just had an oar, didn't you? God gave her a desire of her heart to do missions. And so sometimes you, you, you go, and, and after we built our home that was in 2006, the market went down by the end of the summer, and we lost $30,000. It's like that. Starting to come back up. Whether God will repay us that way with finances from that house, we don't think so. <laughs> but he's able to do something else, right? And as we look at that time... We see now every year and every season of our lives that there can, there can be fruit because God is he's just so good. And as um, uh, Dan was sharing earlier today, that when we're faithful, we can inherit the promises of God. For enduring faith, we, we receive the promises of God, and we have promise in the word that he will care for us, he'll take care of us uh, through all of our years, all of our situations, all these things. We just have to really trust him and you know, we haven't, our life isn't, quote, normal. <laughs> the things that are there for our retirement years aren't like people who've worked a job. You know, when we were in, back in Christian education, we didn't get paid a lot then either, sometimes not at all. But because God called you, you know, we just figured he, he's not any man's debtor. He's taken really good care of us. When we lived in Poland, the Bible school, we bought a building uh, through Christ for the Nations. It's like a castle. So we lived in a very beautiful place overlooking the Baltic. We had one room ourselves and an office, but it was, you know, awesome. God is, he's just amazing. And so we just felt that, that he would care for us even so. But there were times when we came back north that I'm kind of the visionary, and I just began to get bored. And uh, I just, <laughs> you know, we still go back and teach in the Bible school. We were there two months this fall and gone back to Belarus. We, you know, we kept busy. And uh, one day we went to visit uh, his uncle in a neighboring town, that's the county seat, and this is an area where we grew up, and I had a year with my mom before she passed and uh, into heaven, and so it was good, but when we pulled into the, the Burger King that day, there was a Todd County chaplaincy car there, and we didn't know there was a Todd County chaplain, and uh, so Roger went and got our food, and I went and found the guy, and we sat down, had lunch with him, and began to talk to him about what was happening in, in our community, because again, like Roger said, we know that it's important to be busy where we are and to, to always, even if you have a, a world vision or whatever, we need to be active wherever we are in Jerusalem. And uh, so we said, is there anything that's needed? And he was really, he's really on fire for God kind, just doing marvelous things there, just a neat guy. Does not work in the jail. He works with the people who are needy in the, in the county. 
And he said, you know, the jail is looking for somebody to uh, write a life skills class, do something like that with the, the, the guys in the jail. And we thought, well, that's remarkable. And just like that, I had that witness that this is something I could do. I mean, I've written quite a bit of curriculum, having been you know, at the Bible school and children's ministry and stuff, and, and figured it sounded like Proverbs to me, <laughs> life skills. One, so we went to the jail administrator and talked to him, and he said, yeah, they were and the sheriff, and they were open to that. We said, can it be faith-based? Because we were not interested if it weren't faith-based. Well, that led us into a whole new thing. I wrote a, a syllabus for them. They looked at it, liked it, and, and then began writing curriculum, and they said, well, would you teach it? Well, that started a whole new chapter in our life of, of ministry and some of the most difficult, some of the most trying, and some of the most rewarding. And we did that for three and a half years, and uh, then just felt after we came back from Minsk one t- the last, no, it wasn't the last, no, maybe it was the last time, uh, that, our, that we were to stop for a little while. There was a situation with the administrator and some communication. We really liked to see some other things. And he, he was so busy and everything. We just thought, well, we, just, we need a break right now. And uh, so we did, like for a, um, a year and a half. And during that time, we were involved in a Sunday night school. I don't know if some of you have heard of Bethel Church in uh, Redding, California. They've sustained revival for over 20 years. And they have a school on campus called School of the Supernatural. And, then, and they have like at least 1,000 students there. And they've come in from all over the world because it's kind of like, you know, when it, it was a, an outshoot of the Toronto blessing. And... Um, they're very balanced, and Bill Johnson is the senior pastor. He's a fifth-generation pastor, and we have, had been um, mentoring the couple that decided they were going to start an off-campus uh, thing, and we've known several other couples. We also were involved in starting a ministry called Glory Barn in our area, which has become a center kind of for revival in our area. And these couples bore such good fruit, <laughs> their families and things, that we said, well, we'll, we'll go to school on the first Sunday night, the second Sunday night, we'll just we'll support uh, Stephen Pe- and Penny. And it was so awesome uh, that we just kept going. So we've been, we're, tomorrow, tomorrow night is our last night of class after two and a half years. And it's just changed perspective. It's a lot of what we know, you know. But it's like turning it a little bit and really, really having more emphasis on God's love and how our daddy, you know, we have covenant. He has, he has covenant with us. So everything, just like we sang tonight, everything he has is ours and everything that I have is his. So then there's no, you know, there's no strain in any of that. And it's just been wonderful and learning more how to flow in words of knowledge and prophetic. So we've been kind of involved in prophetic circle uh, for the last... Oh, close to four years because of these couples and, and Glory Barn. And it's been amazing how God has helped to grow us up uh, some more in this time. And I don't know just where I was ending with that other part, but I want to share then that through this time, um, we've been, like I say, been busy regionally and working with the jail, and we didn't go back until last week, and I'll share why in a moment. But anyhow... Um, just felt that, that there were things that God, God wanted to do, and God began to stir in us because, you know, when you're, when you're with people who are operating in the gifts of the Spirit, it stirs you because, like we said, those gifts are imparted. And when you're with it and you hear those things, then you want more of that. And now we've reached a place where we've just seen so much more prophetic. We've seen so much more word of knowledge and more healing. And out there they talk about, you know, just really believing God for resurrection of the dead. And they're going for all those things. They said, well, we, we've only seen like six, but we're going for it. Well, and we're thinking, well, let's go for it. And I think that that's the key word of today and for the church now. It's the time is now. God's supernatural is now. And even though we've seen some before, we haven't. We haven't seen anything yet, and so our hearts are encouraged, aren't they? I'm really excited for what God's going to do here and in the St. Croix Valley and, and for all of us, you know, wherever that may be, because that's what Jesus is about. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? It's all about Jesus. It's not what you and I can do. It's who we can be. So as we've gone into the jail, we see many times that that's, we're just, they don't know Jesus. So when we come in, we really do represent Jesus. We have to, have to live it out. Well, this stirring began in us uh, probably a couple years ago that we kept hearing these prophetic words. We'd go to this global legacy meeting that's uh, some pastors and leaders and ministers that meet like every three months down in Rochester in this part of the country. 
And uh, there's always a prophetic circle on the Monday afternoon. And it's because it's, it's leaders. You, you trust what's there. Though we're, normally there isn't direction or correction. There's encouragement. And, uh, and yet there are some prophets, prophetesses in, in the group. And uh, so sometimes there's a little bit more than maybe somewhere else. So again, you always weigh every word. You know, you have to, it has to measure up to scripture, what's in your heart. But the stirring began in us for something more. And all the words would come every time, God's not finished with you yet. And I'd look right at Roger and they'd say, God's not finished with you yet. <laughs> because after he suffered that stroke and, and the comeback and all these things, that's been a press, and he doesn't feel the same. He doesn't feel like he hears the voice of the Lord in quite the same way. So God keeps tearing down those, those strongholds in him, and he has to respond too. And so the stirring is there, and we often feel like we're best overseas. It just seems like there's a greater flow of God's spirit for us over there. So we just said, well, Lord, you know, you know how old we are. You know all the situation with our family and all these things. You know that we care about seeing our grandkids and... All this stuff. Anyway, um, in January, we were in two different prophetic circles. Uh, We've been weighing some of these things and seeking God. And the one that I was in happened to be led by a prophet, a lady. And just, we've known her for several years, and she's just balanced and really just love her. And uh, she was sitting looking in the group, and she decided to start with me. And she said, "Um, Myrna, she said, "I I see you. She said, I see you in a very needy land. I don't think you've ever been there before. And she said, um, you're starting a hospital. And I'm going, hospital? <laughs> starting a hospital. And she said, there are going to be more healings to people being prayed for than in the physical, you know, in the, just the regular doctor side of it. And, and you're going to say, I was born for such a time as this. And I'm sitting there thinking, whoa, I... I go, nothing about this. It's never been on any radar. And uh, then she also prophesied great provision, that God was going to make sure for us that we had money to give to other missionaries like we've always wanted to do other places, and that, we wouldn't, that, that provision just would not be a problem if those days were over. And um, when we were in Poland, there were times when the fi- you know, September um, 2001. Was that one? Yeah. 11. 2001, no, 2001, yeah. September 11th, 2001. Our support was cut off from the Bible school. There was so much mercy giving that they ran out of money, and one month we had nothing from the school. And we had to live three, four months just, you know, without that. And uh, then you had to say, did God call me? So sometimes you think about that, and God got us through because he called us. And so I'm thinking, boy, that would be awesome. And God, how many of you have had a word that God wants to give you great provision? He, he wants to do that for his body because we're his. <laughs> we're his. And this is a time of explosion and multiplication. So I re- received that along with some other, some other really sweet, encouraging, just encouraging words. Put it on a shelf. And so when Raj came, I thought, well, did he get a word like that? <laughs> and he didn't. But he got the same word. You are a man of authority. You are a man of wisdom. And God's not finished with you yet. The things that are ahead of you are greater than were before. <laughs> so what do you do? The reason I'm sharing with you tonight is because we asked first of all if we could share with uh, we asked our family we told our family just this week we have counsel with pastor dan and claudia and with another two couples from up north because we all need mentors we all need people that were accountable we all need people to speak into our lives and when we do when we have those kind of people we want to know that they are the kind who would lay down their lives for us so that's who we shared with so that they could speak, you know, we just, we just wanted counsel. And so basically, we're just waiting. Uh, Pastor Claudia said, boy, you just, well, that sounds like a real word to me. You know, you don't want to dismiss anything like that. And for me, because um, uh, I have operated in some of these things in, in the prophetic, and, and then like was about three nights later, or a week later, after this prophetic word, I had a dream. And... Um, I had in this dream I saw myself in this foreign nation which I dream I guess I'm just my heart is for nations and I dream all the time I'm in different lands sometimes I'm speaking the, the language really well which is exciting <laughs> and this one I just kind of saw people and I said well Lord because we were wondering you know where on earth could this be and it's a little scary when it says it's very needy and uh, 
then when I said, where can this be, all of a sudden, uh, like a, a tube came out, and at the end of this tube, there was a frame. And what was framed in the end of the tube was a picture of a, a little black boy. And I said to God, God, where is this? And he said to me, Sierra Leone. I didn't even know where Sierra Leone was. I had to get up the next morning and check it out because that's what you do when you think you hear from God. You check it out and you weigh it and you pray it, you live it, you counsel, whatever those things are. And when I read where it was, it scared me more. It's a place in West Africa. They've had diamond blood wars there. They have people who's, during this time, which was 10 years ago, there are people whose legs are chopped off. It was so violent. There are, I think I read, I could be wrong, 45% of their people maimed in some way or another. So would they need that kind of miracle? They need to have that miracle. My daughter Sarah told me that there are some people right over here in New Richmond that go over and do psychological counseling with these people there. And so my heart began to beat some. And you know, it says about Joseph that he had a dream. And in the Hebrew, if you look in like the study Bible, it talks about that he was bound to the dream. Bound to the dream. And when God spoke to me about Bible school, you know, not going, I was bound to that dream. And that dream got me through some real hard times. And when God spoke to Roger about Belarus so clearly and to me, that, that's what got us through. Same with the verses he gave us for Bible school in Poland. We had to stand on those words. And we have discovered that when the more difficult the transition, the bigger the jump, the more clearly he speaks. It's not just inner witness, even though you need that too, right? So anyway, we just began to pray about some of these things. And, and Roger, do you want to come up and tell him what you were thinking? Why you weren't sure you wanted to go there? Oh, well, that's good. We won't talk about it then. <laughs> you know, God, we have no idea what he wants us to do there. When Heidi Baker is gone, there's an Iris space connected with Heidi and Roland Baker. Their ministry is called Iris Ministries, and they have, a, they have a base there. We have not contacted anybody yet. We're just, we're just in the process, and that's why I'm sharing it tonight, because the process is really important, really important. And to know, because we know that place would be difficult. But I also, it's like in the beginning when I was called, when the Lord was speaking to me about getting saved, I always knew from the time I was a little girl that I had a missions call. And I grew up in a Lutheran church, but it was one where they talked about being saved and things. And our pastor brought in missionaries from World Mission Prayer League, and we had... um, Lots of ones that had gone to Africa and some black people that had come in. And I didn't want to get saved because I thought God was going to send me to Africa. And I got to thinking, now, isn't that hilarious? Now, if God were really calling us to Africa, but now I'm not scared. Now I, I know his grace. I know his power. I know his matching. That whatever it is. So Roger and I have decided that we will say yes if it's him. And I think, like what you said earlier, sometimes it's just in the obedience, but it's because he loves us so, because I trust his love. I don't, you know, when we went to Belarus, it was the land of the enemy. You don't know if you're going to live or die, but then you don't know when you get out in your car tonight either. So it's better just to rest in the arms of God. So if it's God, kind of cute, we also talked about generations when I send out this email to our family and grandkids. Um... Gosh, it was good reports. <laughs> Maybe the parents won't think so, but, <laughs> you know, they, they want to come and visit or like to be a part. God does something there. And uh, we want to we believe in intergenerational callings, don't we? Yeah, we want that. And we believe that God has other people lined up at, at our age. We don't know if he wants to start, like I say, or just go be. I mean, that one of them has a vocational school. Raj could help in something like that. Maybe he just wants to go hug on people. Or maybe he has a vision for a nation that's been so torn that they haven't fulfilled their destiny. They could be a nation, who they, it's right on the Atlantic coast, that they could welcome other people, but they've never been able to do it. And actually, I have a greater witness in my heart about that, but we don't know anybody. Am I taking too much time, John? Okay, anyhow, we were gone um, three weeks to Florida. We got to have a day and a half with Pastor Dan and Claudia right at the end in their new house. That was really fun. And went to see Dan and Marta's house, but they weren't there. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> we spent a week with our, hus- our, our daughter's um, 
mother-in-law. Her, her husband had just passed away in December, and our son-in-law, Jeff, thought it would be really good if we could have some time with her in Sarasota, and it was wonderful. It was warm. <laughs> then we rented a car, and we went to um, uh, Fort Mill, South Carolina, and we were on the campus of Morningstar Ministries where one of our gals is a graduate from the Bible school in Poland. She's 80 now, and she remarried when she was 75, and we never met her husband. Anyway, we got to visit with their missions director, actually shared what, what God was putting in our hearts, and he told us to stay in touch with them. And went to another couple that had worked with Fire School out of Brownsville. Um, they were, they're now in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then we went from there to visit Becky Ruland, which some of you, some of you know Becky. She worked in, in Minsk and then on to Ukraine for a long time. Built churches in Ukraine, wooden wooden buildings with um, built a, a staff, and she's now in Myrtle Beach working with uh, human trafficking. It's terrible there. Um, they have large re- resort industry. Uh, Myrtle Beach is a city of three, thirty thousand, but fourteen million come through a year, and they have students that come in mostly from Eastern Europe on J one visas, and when in the airports they get seduced by people who speak their language, saying you could have another job doing this too, which is illegal. And that's how they get trafficked, and it's just a horrible thing. So she is there, and we spent a week with her, and she was saying to us, well, Myrna and Roger, you know, the nations are all here, and it's true. She says, you can go down on, on the boardwalk, and you can meet people from all over the world. You can hear all the languages. Well, when we were there, it was too cold. You couldn't. <laughs> but she said, you know, there's, um, there's one place I'd like you to see. It's, it's called Gullah, and, but I haven't seen it. The sign is down. And so we went on, and she, she called somebody and found out that these, the Gullah people are African. Um, they're descendants of the slaves from the, the rice planting um, plantations from way back. They were um, taken out of Africa back in, was it the 1860s, I think, because it was before the Civil War. And that's how our rice planting business here was established, was through these, these men and even young men who knew how to plant the rice. And they just... Basically, they trafficked them. <laughs> That's what they did. Not, hum- not um, sexually, though probably some, but they, they stole their identity from them. And uh, there are still descendants there. And uh, we went to a, a, a garden that had a display and a, um, a special lecturer that day from the University of Virginia. And it was all on the Gullah people. And guess where they mostly came from? And West Africa, though there was trafficking right in Africa itself, and they came out through there into Jamaica. (laughs) Anyway, we're seeking God. And um, sometimes our kids think it'd be a whole lot easier if we were in Myrtle Beach than in Africa. But God, you know. God, you know. God, we just want to be willing, don't we? Because he's so good. We want to be in the right place at the right time. We want to see power. We want to see him be him. We want to have our hearts touched, and I'm thankful for a man whose heart can be touched. So, Lord, we just yield to you. Let's each of us just yield, because he's so good. It doesn't matter where we are or we aren't. If we're here or where we are, he will do it. I just want to be involved with you, Lord. Lord, I've got to have the more. How about you people? You have to have the more? More of you, Lord. More. Lord, there isn't a cost that's greater than what you gave us. Lord, we know that we can't receive any more than what we know we're worth. Lord, we know that we have worth and value with you. And so do all these people, whether they be in a jail or they be in a prison of their own making without you. Or whether they're people who are just walking half-heartedly. God, we need to have a greater representation of you in us. So when we go somewhere, your power is released. Your love is released. Mostly your love, Lord. And from that can flow all these other things. Otherwise, they'll be perverted. Lord, we tell you tonight, we want you. I thank you, Lord, that you're so awesome. And that no matter how old we are or how young we are, You're not finished. You're not finished. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just say yes. Yes, yes, yes. 
God's amazing. When you seek him and you and you want to do what he wants you to do, and he leads you to put together a conference, and he leads you to ask the people to speak and to share and to, to pray and to do whatever he wants you to do, and they ask you what you want them to speak on or to minister on, and you go, you know what, why don't we just follow the Holy Ghost? And you think you have a plan and you think you put everything together the way you want it to be put together and then the person who's supposed to close out ends up in a hospital. And you think, oh, this isn't going to work out well. And then the last speaker comes up here. And seals it. When I'm 75 years old, that's the heart I want. you so much. <laughs> you are so awesome. Ah, <laughs> oh, glory to God. We had a time of prayer earlier, and I, I want to close tonight with, with prayer. I want to cl- close it with ministry. And I'm going to ask all these who have shared today to come up and be up here and, and think about how to how to do that instead of just having each of us up here and you can come to whomever I want you to be prayed by prayed for by each one because (laughs) I was thinking about this throughout today these folks have forgotten more about ministry (laughs) than, than most of us know about ministry these folks have lived it their whole lives. They're, 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 they're saved lives. They've been just seeking God, following after Him, letting, them, letting God lead them into some of the most gosh-awful situations. <laughs> ah, but you won't meet anybody who loves God more than these guys. That's what this is all about. Allowing God to touch your heart and to lead you wherever He wants to lead you, whenever He wants to lead you there. And that's going to take guts. It's going to take strength. It's going to take faith. It's going to take everything you have. You're going to need everything you have. Everything that God has for you to walk it out. Some of you guys come on up here. And come up here as couples. Deb, you want to come up here? And I'm just going to have you guys kind of we'll just space ourselves out here. And what I want people to do is that I want you to come around 
and just kind of walk through and let let these folks pray for you. You guys up here too. Let these folks pray for you as you come through. We'll just put some music on, or if Jane is Jamie still around, or put some music on. And uh, just take your time. I'll, I'm going to dismiss this evening. I'm going to thank you all for being here. Thank you so much. Wait a second. You guys are up here too. Get up here. You guys, get up here. What are you guys? All y'all. Let's put it that way. You, you, can, you can go through what everybody else has gone through. Then you guys can go through. But I want to thank you for being here. For catching the, the heart of God in all of this. And this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning of what God wants to do in the St. Croix River Valley and Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Thank you.